It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN, brought to you by Devaney Motors. And it is a Friday, which we've decided is our favorite one. And uh, we're going we're gonna to go with that. I, I like a good Friday edition of uh, the midday program. So Friday edition. Well, what's that? Say that again? I'll even take a bad Friday edition, because it's the Friday edition. It's like pizza and other things in life. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good, brother. Okay. All right. I like that. That works for me. That's uh, the voice of Brandon Bennett. We'll hear more from him in just a moment. Uh, let's uh, let's catch up with Susan Littlefield and a uh, bit of a chilly night in the Littlefield household. Yeah, just a little bit. But, you know, I'm looking at the forecast. It's going to be in the 60s next week, so maybe my house will warm up by then. Otherwise, I told the kids, just grab another blanket. Sure. He gets, <laughs> there's probably some furniture you can burn, so it'll be fine. I wouldn't yeah, be mad at it. That's how you call clean in the house, right? <laughs> Absolutely. What do you got for us today? Well, first thing first, I'm putting a plea out to any of uh, the Husker fans that are going to the game this weekend. Um, it was just announced that the Minnesota Gophers will be handing out baseball caps. Mm. And so if you're one of the first 7,500 people in the stadium and you get a baseball cap, uh-huh. I would really love okay. one. <laughs> just Shame, think. Shameless begging it's, here it's for It's shameless us. begging okay. that I would love the, the gopher hat that's being handed out. So we're going to talk weather coming up at 1219 now that my shameless begging is over <laughs> with. And we'll get more from Al Dutcher. Find out, is there going to be more of that wet stuff and some white stuff for some folks in the forecast? Then stepping up at 1245, Jabella Guzman comes in as we find out more about West Co. Cooperative. This happens to be National Cooperative Month, so we're going to hear more about what West Co. is all about. And then it is Friday, which means it's our Big Iron Realty Fridays in the field. And believe it or not, Chad got to sit in a tractor do a little bit of combine action up in northeast Nebraska. We'll find out more at 117. All right. Very nice. I wonder if he was, uh, you know, sitting on the farmer's lap when he was doing it or, and, and, okay, well, we'll yeah, I was watching the video. It's, they're pretty close. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. Brandon Bennett's is in here and uh, I don't, I don't seem to see any, uh, uh, any decision on a quarterback coming up here yet? At least not officially. Not of course, officially. you know, speculation being rampant mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit of gamesmanship on the uh, part of Coach Frost, yeah. you know, not having to disclose who the starting quarterback is. And I will tell you that uh, as a public address announcer myself, more than once I've been asked by a coach to announce two. Really? Starting quarterbacks for a particular team or three or four that I've worked with or perhaps a starting pitcher and saving that until the actual player runs on the field. So it will be interesting to see how Coach Frost aligns his two deep four starters and then actually see who physically runs out on the field. So we'll hear more about that from him at 1225 Sports. Number five ranked Nebraska volleyball team back at the Devaney Center this weekend for a pair of Big Ten matchups. We'll talk about that. And UNK hits the road for only the third time ever playing the Blue Tigers from Lincoln University, the first historically black college west of the Mississippi River. All right, very good. Quickly, we move it over to Dave Schroeder. Stock's up big time right now. Yes, there's still that optimism of getting a trade deal between U.S. and China going on. The S&P 500 on track for its biggest gain in two months. 
All right, very good. That's all coming up on Midday. When bad weather happens, you can rely on KRVM. We are your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of flooding. And a flooded south part of Kearney. Doesn't look like any of these roads are going to open anytime soon. Tornadoes. Three tornado warnings that are in effect right now, and two of them until 745. The storm that has spawned these tornadoes has now grown. And severe weather impacting our listing area. The southern part of this tornadic thunderstorm could be moving back through the Farnham area in the next few minutes as well. We will be there to alert you to any significant weather events and we can take you to the scene with our reporters for in-moment experiences. Where we have the drone right now, we're facing to the south looking at Interstate 80 and literally right off as you head north into Kearney, this is why they have the interstate shut down, water's over the road so they don't want folks driving through that obviously. With our social media pages, you can find photos, videos, and interviews in real time. Check out krvm.com for podcasts, interviews, and news stories. 880-KRV We are who you rely on when bad weather happens. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in here, and uh, we're looking at uh, looking at a little snow on the ground. Yeah, if you take a look at some of the web, <clears throat> webcams on it to the Nebraska Panhandle, uh, quite a bit of snow cover, at least on the grassy areas. The roads are in perfect shape right now, but uh, snow continues to be on the ground from about Shadron all the way through Scotts Bluff down to Kimball. So much of the Nebraska Panhandle, a good coating of snow. You can actually see it on the satellite photo, the visible satellite photo, because it's sunny and mostly clear out in the Nebraska Panhandle, but the snow reflects back and it kind of looks like clouds if you are looking at a visible satellite photo there. Haven't seen that for a while, have yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, been a few months, huh? But yeah, we do have some uh, partly cloudy skies and some portions of west central Nebraska from about Gordon down to Hyannis Mullen near the North Platte and Lexington area, but all in all, uh, mainly sunny skies taking hold across the area. Uh, on the chilly side this morning, it got down to nine above in the Alliance area for the state low. Whew. And we even had some sub zero wind chills in some portions of the southern Nebraska panhandle. You know, you and I were talking about this. Uh, we're not going to get a chance to have very many pretty fall colors, are we? No, that's going to come to a quick end because uh, today the wind is blowing off the leaves that got killed by the killing freeze last night. And and we're going to probably see a killing freeze the next two nights, right. too. So, yeah, our pretty fall probably going by the wayside. Good. Great. <laughs> great, 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 great. Right now, most of our temperatures in the low and mid-30s across the area. We do have some upper 30s from about Aurora on into eastern Nebraska and also northern Kansas. Some low 40s still from about Hebron and Beatrice and on into eastern areas of Kansas. Still some temperatures in the mid and upper 20s as you head towards the Nebraska Panhandle. When you team up those winds that are fairly strong right now, we are seeing wind chills in many areas in the low and mid-20s. Some upper 20s to low 30s on the feels like reading into eastern Nebraska and also into much of central and east Kansas. Still some wind chills down to 12 above right now in Chadron and Alliance. And yes, this is October 11th. <laughs> Sunshine on the way for today. It will continue. Windy conditions as strong high pressure builds in from the west. In behind departing low pressure. Our temperatures today about 25 to 30 degrees colder than normal. Keep in mind, in central Nebraska, this time of year, we usually see daytime highs in the, the upper 60s. 69 is our average daytime high this time of year in central Nebraska. We're getting cheated out of that for sure. We absolutely are. <laughs> the new normal, I don't know. 
Another hard freeze expected in most areas for tonight and tomorrow night as we see some clear skies and lighter winds as that area of high pressure starts to move overhead. The forecast remains mostly dry, a gradual warming trend to near seasonal temperatures all the way through Thursday, but mainly dry over the next uh, five to seven days. The weekend will remain seasonably cool beyond the backside of that area of low pressure that's slowly moving away. It'll be mainly over the Great Lakes as we head towards the weekend. Better warming on the way for next week with the westerly flow off a ridge of high pressure to our west. Our temperatures will cool briefly for Tuesday in behind the passage of a cold front. In the long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures likely to be at least seasonal to slightly warmer than normal for Wednesday through October 24th. A better chance, though, of above normal temperatures over Kansas, but low normal rainfall is predicted for Nebraska and Kansas the mid to late part of next week. The forecast, the forecast trending above normal rainfall next weekend through the 24th. Weather factors impacting the markets include wet and cold weather in the central U.S. and scattered rain in the primary Brazil crop areas. A nearly stationary storm will affect the north-central U.S. through tomorrow. In parts of the Dakotas, snow totals could reach 1 to 3 feet, and winds may gust between 40 and 60, leading to, of course, blizzard conditions, travel disruptions, crop damage, and severe stress on livestock. Cold air diving south will result in freezes that end the growing season along and northwest of the line from northern Texas to Lake Michigan. So a big portion of the central U.S., going to see a killing freeze over the next couple of nights. Once again, that's northwest of the line from northern Texas all the way to Lake Michigan. Moderate to heavy rain in the western Midwest will continue to be unfavorable for maturing crops and lead to harvest disruption. Lighter rain in the eastern Midwest will disrupt the harvest but offer some soil moisture benefit. In the southern plains through the weekend, early development of recently planted winter wheat will slow down with the colder weather. Rain in eastern areas of the southern plains and mixed precipitation in the northwest southern plains will also bring some delays in wheat planting and row crop harvest. Across Brazil, progress for soybean planting is behind average and will continue to lag through the weekend due to varying amounts of rain. Hmm. Okay, well, here's the good news portion. It is eight below wind chill at Monarch Pass right now. <laughs> so uh, I guess if that makes you feel any better there in Colorado, where is that? Uh, yeah, that's Burnout. still the west of Denver. Um, wind chill there, 26 below, up in the mountains, uh, undoubtedly there, okay. according to this map. Well, so. All right, <laughs> so it, it, it certainly could be worse. I thought that this morning it was going to be feel a little colder than it did, and it wasn't quite as bad. Yeah, um, some of the temperatures did get propped up tonight, last night, because of those strong northwest winds, and a little bit that cloud cover didn't disappear as soon as they probably thought. So. Okay, all right, very good. Thank you, Paul. Where do you go to check in on your weather? KRVN.com. Hershop Red Cloud is the big winner of the Bringing It Home Ram Pickup. Well, thank you very much. Uh, this was a good break. We needed needed a little break, and this this right here definitely works. Relive all the fun at KRVN.com. Thanks to all the sponsors. Uh, I'm very grateful to everybody that chipped in and made this possible. I mean, this 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 is awesome. This this is really really awesome. Thanks to everyone who registered this summer and be listening for more chances to win on KRV. Time again this week that we get to check in on our weather for the weekend and beyond. I am Shaylee Peters with you on the Rural Radio Network, and usually we visit with Nebraska State climatologist Al Dutcher. He is out though, filling in for him this week is Tyler Williams, extension educator. And uh, Tyler, we officially saw our growing season for most of the state come to an end this week with freezing temps 
What can we expect, though, headed into this weekend and next week? Will guys be able to get back into the field relatively soon or not? Yeah, the, the recent system was uh, was uh, quite the doozy, if you will, and it was uh, one of the season changers that, that typically come this time of year. And, um, you know, we, we saw it coming a little bit, and it's, uh, it's still slow, and it hasn't necessarily moved away, and so that will actually be uh, impacting us for the next few days. And, um, you know, as we, as we look at it now, it's, it's lucky we're not in North Dakota because they're still getting snow after getting snow for the last 36 hours. But uh, luckily here in Nebraska, we um, had snow in the panhandle anywhere from four to eight inches or so uh, out there. Um, but most of the moisture and snow kind of tracked further to the north before it really stalled out and set up. But it did bring some pretty cold temperatures. I know this morning uh, I got down to like 14 in Scotts Bluff and I think at 11 in Sydney. And then I think even by the state low, I believe was uh, at Alliance. We got down to nine this morning, but it had a wind chill of minus four, which is not uh, not ideal for October. But the winds kept blowing overnight; the clouds went away, and um, this really brought that wind chill down. But uh, so yeah, so that system will will slowly slide through. Uh, it'll move off to the east. Um, it'll keep us cool for the next few days. Um, you know, luckily that that dry air will kind of push in, so we'll have plenty of sunshine over the weekend. Um, highs today on Friday, we'll probably get up to the 40s or so. Uh, but uh, as we get into Saturday, we could start to see some 60s in the southern part of the state and uh, definitely uh, see some 60s by Sunday. Uh, nice day. Looks like it's coming on Monday uh, with temperatures uh, up towards 70 in the southwest part of the state and 60 in probably the rest of the part of the state. So uh, plenty of sunshine, some warmer temperatures coming over the weekend and the early start the next week. does look like there's a little system kind of rolling through Monday night into Tuesday. Uh, that'll cool us down just a little bit, drop us back maybe 5, 10 degrees. Uh, but it doesn't look like it's going to bring a lot of precip with it. And, um, so there's slight chances, but most of that should probably stay to the eastern uh, portions of the state at least, and if nothing else, to the middle part of the Corn Belt. Uh, but the rest of next week, it starts to kind of dry back out a little bit, uh, warm up again. So, uh, you know, overall, the, the next week or so will be uh, warm, uh, warmer, uh, I should say, uh, sunny and relatively dry so hopefully it'll feel like your typical fall harvest type weather uh, the next big system uh, or sort of interesting thing in the forecast comes next weekend or the end of next weekend you know the models have recently been picking up on a large system kind of similar to this past one that just went through uh, to set up next weekend and again probably moving towards the latter part of next weekend Sunday into Monday because uh, right now the system that they're talking about is still over the western Pacific so uh, the timing Time for us to take a look at sports as uh, Brandon Bennett comes in here. Now that we've settled the great musk thistle uh, maybe, kerfuffle, maybe one of those times when I have a couple minutes to kill mm-hmm. in eight eighty in the afternoon, yeah. I will avail listeners. I think you should of my musk thistle story yep. and how I learned that Nebraska has a thing called a weed board, mm-hmm. or at least local counties have weed boards. That Missouri does not deal with. Okay. And I had never heard of musk thistle until about two years ago. And let's just say it was a cultural experience. Well, I think that's... Learning about such it's, things. It's always good to continue learning. Yes. And it was a teachable moment for Brandon Bennett. It took so, a while, yeah. Very good. We got some sports for us? Well, we're going to learn about, uh, well, probably about uh, five minutes to kick off. We'll find out who will learn, speaking of learning... Who head coach Scott Frost is going to name as the quarterback for the weekend? Adrian Martinez, Noah Vedro, and Luke McCaffrey will all make the trip to Minnesota. 
That's three because, well, that's usually what you have when you have a shell game. Put the pea under the shell, and we'll, we'll move it all around, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. But here's the latest from Coach Scott Frost, if it plays off the computer. Let's try to restart. Yeah, it's going to take a second. It's going to come We're in a lot better place at the quarterback spot than we were a year ago at this time. I feel like we've got several guys that know the offense and are talented enough to go make things happen. We'll see who's up there playing, but we feel good about several guys, and the team will rally around whoever it is. Fingers crossed. Not only that uh, they'll decide on a quarterback, but also the computer will work next time. You can watch the latest Husker chat. Jason Jorgensen joined by Husker Online's Sean Callahan on the sports page, krvn.com, for preview of the Minnesota game or hang around until about 5.10 this evening, and we'll just play Husker chat for you. And then we'll enjoy that. Kickoff time tomorrow evening in Minneapolis is set for 6.30. And don't forget, for 75 people in the building, pick up a hat. Somebody pick up a hat for our beloved farm director, and she would love to have one. I think we could just bury her with hats. You know, like like get a hundred of them and just drop them off there. Whichever you choose. Okay. Coverage right here on KRVM begins at 8.30 tomorrow. Excuse me, at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. The number five ranked University of Nebraska-Lincoln volleyball team is back at the Devaney Center this weekend for a pair of Big Ten matches. Huskers host Michigan State tonight at 8, then Michigan on Sunday at 1 p.m. Nebraska is 22 and 2. That's 2-0 dash 2. 20 and 2 and 2. All time against Michigan State. How do you have a tie in volleyball? How do you have a tie for the third two? 20 and 2 and 2. How do you have a tie in I'm volleyball? Not, I'm not sure about that. Against Michigan State, has won nine matches in a row against Sparty. They'll broadcast the match right here on 880 KRVN Sunday against Michigan. Then UNK, don't forget about the Lopers, heading the road this weekend to Jefferson City, Missouri to face 0-5 Lincoln University. In fact, trivia question here, when's the last time that Lincoln University has had a winning record in football? You know, I think, I, I think you said something like maybe the 70s? 1972. And they're 0-5 this year, which means they've got six more games to turn that around. Hopefully they won't do it this week. Head coach, uh, head coach Josh Lynn says this will be a new experience for him and the Lopers. I know nobody on this staff or nobody uh, – I think Coach Shade as a player went and played up in Jefferson City uh, you know, at Lincoln University. But uh, nobody's on this staff has made this trip. Uh, we haven't played this team. There's no history with this team with, with the current staff here at UNK. Uh, through past football games throughout the year. So there is some uncertainty, and that always worries you as a coach. Lopers are 3-2 and two this year. Kickoff is set for Saturday at 2 p.m., and, of course, we'll have that on for you on our sister station, 93.1 The River. Pre-game set for 1.30 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. And Dave Thorell, if you're listening, brother, National League Championship Series begins Friday night or tonight, whichever you choose, in St. Louis when the Cardinals take on the fighting Dave Thorells or the Washington Nationals, whichever you choose. Both teams won their deciding game five on the road in the NL Division Series. Cardinals scored 10 runs in the first inning and romped past Atlanta 13-1. While the aforementioned fighting Thorells rallied late and beat the Dodgers 7-3 in 10 innings for yet another late-season disappointment in Los Angeles. The American League Championship Series that will start tomorrow will pit the 107-win Houston Astros against the 103-win New York Yankees. Houston advanced 6-1 over the win over Tampa Bay last night, Game 5 of their series. Meanwhile, the Yankees have been off since Monday. They swept the Minnesota Twins in their best-of-five series. The Houston Astros went 4-3 and against the Yankees this season, and the team's met in the playoffs twice recently. Houston won the 2015 AL wildcard game at Yankee Stadium. They also topped New York in the best-of-seven ALCS back two years ago on its way to their first World Series title. All right. 
Thank you, sir. That's the best of sports, as always. More information available on our website. It, like us, is open 24 hours a day. KRVN.com. Time for us to check in with news going on around the area. Dave Schroeder in studio with me now. And, uh, Dave, you get to be part of something kind of tomorrow in Elwood. Talk a little bit about that. Yes. Well, the community is coming together in Elwood tomorrow. And I'm sure other people, anyone else listening is welcome there, too. But they're going to have a day of caring. where mm. They're going to be doing some events around the uh, El- Elwood community. To, and uh, we'll have uh, some reports down there on our sister station, uh, the river. But uh, it should be a fun event tomorrow and as people come together and make some improvements here and there and, and do things to help others. That's a cool event. Good, good for them. Good for them. Authorities say a man died after a vehicle rolled onto him in the central Nebraska community of Ord. The Valley County Sheriff's Office's deputies and medics were dispatched to the scene around 9 p.m. Wednesday. The office says the man soon was pronounced dead. He's been identified as 29-year-old Michael Spatansky, who lived in Ord. Investigators say Spotansky was working on the vehicle when it rolled atop him. The lower Missouri River will remain at a high level into December because of the large amount of water being released from dams into the river. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers says the amount of water being released from the Gavin's Point Dam on the Nebraska-South Dakota border will remain at a level more than twice what is typical for this time of year, 80,000 cubic feet per second into mid-December. Some people forced from their homes by the Missouri River floodwaters will be leaving their refuge at an Iowa state park. Wabonsi State Park sits dry a few miles north of the southwest Iowa community of Hamburg, which was hit hard after two nearby river levees failed. Park manager Matt Mole said that the park had about 80 flood refugees staying there during peak occupancy this past spring, but that's dwindled as people returned to their homes or found other accommodations. Other flood victims found temporary quarters elsewhere in Iowa and even across the river in Nebraska. But now winter approaches and Iowa officials say park water service must be turned off because of the impending freeze and the need for repairs. Electricity still will be available and off-season camping will be allowed. Well, that's an update of the news. I'm Dave Schroeder on the Rural Radio Network. Governor Pete Ricketts declared October as Cooperative Month in Nebraska. I'm Chabella Guzman with the Rural Radio Network. Cooperatives have a long history in the state offering services in agriculture, electricity, and groceries. And it was the need of gasoline service to agricultural producers which began Westco in Alliance. David Briggs, CEO of Westco, gives us a brief history of the cooperative. Western Cooperative at the time was originally set up as Consumers Cooperative Association in 1942, May of 1942, and we had one station in Alliance at that time. In 1982, they changed Alliance Cooperative Association. Around 1992, they changed the Western Cooperative Company. So that was, uh, and mainly the reason they changed the Western Cooperative Company, which do business under the name of Westco, uh, was to really give us a more uh, uh, uniform name for the region that we serve versus just naming a town, uh, Alliance. And that was the reason, the main reason they changed that name. Briggs says from the petroleum station and Alliance to fertilizer sales and the addition of the dry edible bean elevator, Westco has grown. And like all businesses, Westco has had its growing pains. So supply is always an issue. Uh, we really are at the end of the pipeline, so to speak. 
um, whether we're getting fuel or fertilizer, we really you don't farm much further west than where we're at today in our region. And so almost all the product comes from the east to the west, and we are clear on the end of the pipeline. So supply could be an issue, which is why we have so much storage, whether it's fuel or fertilizer. We have a lot of storage to take care of our members. The cooperative has a board it answers to, which is made up of growers in its region. Mark Buzkirk of Alliance has been with the cooperative for more than 20 years and is a member of the board. He says he joined because he likes the idea of a farmer having input to his supplier. So a cooperative is going to be there uh, to provide a service for the farmers. It's just nice, you know, to uh, have some say in in, uh, the company that is supplying you. Plus, if that company is profitable, those profits trickle back down to the owners. So I guess it's just reliability. Buzz Kirk has seen some of the changes Westco brought about throughout the years. He talks more on the dry edible bean station. The bean business has evolved. When I first started farming, uh, it was all privates. Now it's a cooperative. I don't know exactly how much that is put in the growers' pockets, whether they did business with the co-op or not, but I'm sure it added a dollar or two per bag just because there was another player in the game. And uh, so that has definitely been a benefit to the to the growers. Operations have gotten larger. Uh, the co-ops have had to get larger also. So just like farm operations have increased in size over the years, co-ops have too. Uh, it's just a constantly changing world. Another member of the board, Eric Peterson of Gearing, agrees with Buzzkirk on having input, but also talks about how the cooperatives are changing along with other retailers. All of the challenge uh, to provide, you know, the full service uh, for the best price. One big challenge is the same with any retail industry is been competing with lower cost, you know, sold through internet, uh, low margin. The, the co-ops have to basically provide. You know, or, or offer products along with the with the full service. Uh, so that's where that's where the co-ops are trying to, I, I think, compete. The advent of the internet and competing online for sales is not the only issue cooperatives are facing. Buzz Kirk says labor is another factor they face. Well, I think one of the greatest challenges that all industries are facing right now is, is a labor force, and it's really tough to find good, reliable help. And uh, margins are so slim that, uh, I mean, if you hire somebody, they have to produce. And if they don't produce, uh, it costs costs any business, co-op or not, money. So labor, I think, is, is one of the greatest challenges that we are facing now. While facing the challenges of retail and labor, Wesco has also been keeping up with his producers. Basically, trying to keep up with the scale and scope of our producer is what has changed a lot. Um, at all of our, our all of our bean elevators, um, we have very very quick legs. We've we've intentionally worked to continue to upgrade those legs so we can keep up with the large trucks that that come. Uh, used to bring in like 150 bags per truck, and now we bring in like 600 bags per truck, and so. And a truck pulls up to dump. It's just much easier to dump in about the same amount of time. We used to dump the 150. We now can dump the 650. So, but we have to continue to upgrade our facilities to keep up with their their production levels. Of course. Well, it's time for us to take a look at business, see what's going on. I tell you what, stock markets are rolling today. Uh, in fact, even. 
In the overnights around the world, they were up. The Japanese Nikkei up 249 points. The Hang Seng in Hong Kong, how about this, up 600 points. It's a two two and a half increase. The FTSE in London up 61. And the German DAX index up more than I've ever seen, nearly 3% at 347 points. United States stocks responding uh, in uh, much like them, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 421 points, pushing that 27,000 uh, mark. The NASDAQ is up 150, and the S&P is up 48. And uh, every time we have Dave Schroeder in here, it seems like the stocks are up. Maybe yeah. we need to keep you in more, Dave. Your 401k is looking a little better, isn't it? <laughs> stocks are jumping on uh, trading today. That's because of the optimism from the world's largest economies, that is the U.S. and China, are meeting again to try to uh, resolve this little trade war that's been going on for a while. Also, the Federal Reserve says it will buy roughly $60 billion a month in Treasury bills through mid-2020. That's to inject cash into the banking system and make it easier to control overnight lending rates. The action marks the Fed's latest response to a shortage of cash reserves that developed last month and cause short-term interest rates to spike, sending the Fed's benchmark rate above its target range. Energy prices are up after an apparent attack on an Iranian tanker revived concerns about instability in the oil-rich region. The international benchmark for oil rose 1.6% to $60.05 a barrel today after Iranian officials said two missiles had hit a tanker off the coast of regional rival Saudi Arabia. Though not many around here, the Subaru is recalling more than 350,000 Forester vehicles with heated seats because an electrical connection in the front passenger seat may loosen and deactivate the airbag, even though the seat is occupied. And that involves uh, Subaru Forester vehicles from 2015 to 2018. U.S. consumers are also stocking up on Italian Parmesan cheese ahead of an increase in tariffs that's set to take effect next week. The higher takes, higher interest or higher tariffs take effect October 18th. Mm, not, not my Parmesan cheese. Don't yeah, touch my Parmesan. absolutely. All right, thanks, Dave. Mondays can be a roller coaster day as you get the work week started. One thing you can count on is the Futures One Crop Progress Report every Monday afternoon through the growing season on KRVN Radio. Clay Patton, KRVN Farm Broadcaster here, and I invite you to join me Monday afternoons during the 3 and 4 o'clock hours as we break down the latest crop progress numbers from USDA. Get the vital information before the overnight grains open. It's Futures One Crop Progress Report every Monday afternoon on KRVN. If you missed a weekly program, catch up on everything at krvn.com. Chad Moyer with you here on the Rural Radio Network, and it is time for another Fridays in the Field segment brought to you by Big Iron Realty. And we're in northeast Nebraska once again, this time visiting with Brent Svoboda. Happen to be in a tractor cab today because it is very windy out here uh, as we're recording this here today. And uh, Brent, it's it's been kind of that way, and that's allowed you to get in the field, it looks like, huh? 
Yeah, we've had uh, kind of a slow start here and cut a lot of rain here um, this fall, so uh, we could have used that throughout the summer, but I guess we can't do much about that. And uh, we've had some sunny, windy days here, and guys have been getting started on soybeans, going pretty hard on that now, and it, it's be good to dry the corn down too now. So, yeah, I guess we're, we're getting started with the fall harvest. Since uh, we are harvesting soybeans here as the day that we're recording this, uh, give us the report so far. Uh, you said you're about halfway through your your soybean harvest uh, how are things stacking up so far you know yields are um I guess for us are pretty good, maybe a little bit lower than than we've seen the last few years. But we did miss out on quite a few of those rains, and you know I've heard some some reports all over the board in the neighborhood. So it just kind of depends on where you're at when you got things in. Uh, there was just so many variables this year on everything that I I think yields are going to be all over the place in northeast Nebraska. How about the moisture? Has that come down pretty fast? Yeah, moisture's dropped off pretty quick here the last couple of days. These these windy days really come down. Um, they're combining nice. We've still got green stems, uh, which is slowing things down a little bit, but uh, the pods are all dry. They're combining good, and, and the beans are pretty dry now. Any anecdotal reports on, on yield? What are the initial results? I've heard anywhere from 30 to 70 in the area. Ours are coming in right around that 60 mark, and you know we're pretty happy with that for the season we've had right now. Have you taken off any corn yet, Brent? We took out some wet corn. It took it over to a feedlot. That was coming in around 30% moisture and that was a couple weeks ago already and yields were a little bit lower than we've seen in the past few years too the poor spots were were really poor and the good spots were still pretty good but you know i just don't think we're going to see those those high yields like we've seen the last couple years in places let's talk a little bit about what happens for you guys after harvest will you do any um updates on your fertility will you start on the 2020 fertility program yet this year yeah we'll uh start taking some soil samples in as soon as we get uh, some of these fields out and you know we'll be reviewing our yield monitors and data off that too and kind of trying to put a plan together for next year as far as seeding program and fertilizer and and even a herbicide program we have been seeing some uh, some weeds germinating out here already uh, after we've got these rains this this fall here so you know we might need to be doing something uh, thinking about a different program for that too very good just as we kind of wrap up here brent i guess uh, you know this is going to be the last update that we have from northeast nebraska so if everything went uh, if weather wasn't a factor and everything went like you wanted how soon do you think you guys could have harvest done uh well for us we usually get done around halloween so this year i don't know it just kind of depends on how things play out from here on but we could still probably be done in that time frame for for us i don't know uh some guys gonna have a ways to go yet just it, uh, there's so many factors for this year like you said uh, just each guy had a little different situation so uh, for us i think we'll probably be on pace with with harvest anyway all right sounds good well thank you so much for uh, allowing us to follow you here through the summer anyway so brent thanks very much appreciate it yeah thank you chad again we've been visiting with Brent Svoboda. He is from Pender, Nebraska, Northeast Nebraska Update, here on our Fridays in the Field, brought to you by Big Iron Realty on the Rural Radio Network. Chad Moyer reporting. A rally in the grain and soybean markets today, maybe even the equities. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network, and we're talking with John Payne. Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. It appears today's uh, rally was really centered on U.S.-China. Yeah, I mean, 
first of all, if you went to bed on Wednesday night and woke up today, you'd be like, oh, we're up a penny. So, uh, you know, all the movies we saw yesterday was essentially erased, and, um, you know, the close on the high for today ahead of the weekend kind of shows you that the trade, trades app, they've got some appetite for both risk due to the, due to the China trade story and then, of course, the weather that uh, is setting in here. You know, it just turned this way. It was 65 degrees when I walked to work, 47 when I left uh, just an hour ago. So it's... Uh, it's go time now. Um, I think the market can officially go into a little bit of a panic mode here. Um, there's going to be some opportunity, though. And I think, you know, this is a very difficult market. We're 50, 60 cents above where we delivered the last couple of months in, in beans. For corn, we're about 35, 40 higher uh, than normal delivery periods. And September went off the books at 343. So we're 60 cents plus there in corn. So I think the rally is pricing in what you're hearing on the news and what's being, you know, shown in the, uh, in the weather forecast. But uh, long term here, I, I think this price probably looks pretty good uh, two months from now. The question will be what's going to happen in the next three weeks as far as how high can prices go. I think there's room for us to rally. Maybe 420 uh, would be an ultimate target. But I would start to price here November beans if you got them for delivery. And I think for the corn, um, you know, it, it makes sense to start to move some. Not a lot. You don't have to sell the farm. But I think if you've been waiting to sell, this is a good opportunity. Just below four bucks. There's going to be a lot of sellers here, especially given the risk that's in the market. Now you can allude to the uh, funds today, too. Normally, they'd, they sold with reckless abandon. They're buying back corn and wheat today. Yeah, yeah. So the funds are buying. The question is, do the farmers buy? And I'm talking more contracts. And that's where the market's going to need to really leg up and get back up to that 460, 470 level that we were at, we were at the summer. The driver there was the fact that the producer was planting or didn't know they were going to plant. Well, they've contracted bushels. The elevators have contracts bushels. So those contracts have to get renegotiated. You need to buy those back. And uh, I don't think we're going to see that kind of action here. So, again, this is a good rally. I think you got to look the price. Not immediately, but be ready. Maybe incrementally sell into it. Uh, for anything, you got to sell off the combine around Thanksgiving. Thanks, John. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Be sure to go to the website, too, danielsagmarketing.com. The uh, nearby contracts of corn finished 14 and a quarter to 17 and a half higher, December at 397 and three quarters. Soybeans, eight and a half to 12 and a half higher, with November up 12 and a half at 936. The wheat trade also saw double digit gains. This is the Rural Radio Network. And that'll do it for our midday program here on KRVN, brought to you by Devaney Motors. To hear today's midday podcast, in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Divinity Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Divinity deal.